Hi there, this is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast. I'm continuing to read the insights I've found while seeking to understand what the scriptures say the true church of God should look like. And all of this information comes from my free ebook titled The True Church of God, and it can be downloaded freely at the freegiftfromgod.com website. So let me continue reading. Over the next few sessions, I'll be looking at the Trinity and what that really means and what it should really look like for the church. So let's get into it. Who is God? More specifically, who is the God worshipped in Christianity? Is it the God of the Trinity that is so strongly held by almost all Christian sects, denominations and faiths? Or is the true God someone else? The doctrine of Trinity is so entrenched and pervasive in the Christian church today that it is accepted in most parts of the church without question. It is considered a foundational concept of Christianity, and yet most Christians do not understand it because it is difficult to comprehend. Let me make this perfectly clear right now. I do not accept the doctrine of the Trinity. I do accept that both Jesus and the Father are God, but they are not a single God. They are two separate and distinct entities, and it is clear that Jesus as the Son, and also the Word, accepted that the Father was greater than himself. It says, If you loved me, you would have rejoiced, because I go to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. John 14, verse 28. And also it says, For God has put all things in subjection under his feet. But when it says all things are put in subjection under him, it is plain that he is accepted who put all things under him. When all things are subjected to him, then the Son himself will also be subjected to him who put all things under him, that God may be everything to everyone. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 27 and 28. As for the Holy Spirit, nowhere in the Bible is the Holy Spirit referred to as being God. Nowhere is the Holy Spirit referred to as the third face or person of God, as is taught in the doctrine of Trinity. The Holy Spirit is a description of the Spirit and spirits of God. All of the spirits of God who are with him in the heavenly places are spirits who are holy. This includes the angels of God, and especially those angels who are collectively known as the Holy Spirit. This will become clearer shortly. You may have come across scriptures like John 10.30 that are used to justify the doctrines of Trinity, but in truth, they do not. You have to look at all of the scripture and not just take one verse out of context. The reality is people can make any sort of claim and use one scripture to back it up if they use the scripture out of context. And that is the issue with John 10.30, which says, I and the Father are one, John 10.30. In isolation, this scripture does seem to suggest that Jesus and the Father are one and the same, or as Trinity doctrine would have it, two faces of the one God. But is that what it is really saying? And note, there is no mention of the Holy Spirit in this verse or in the discussion Jesus was having in this section of John chapter 10. When we look at other scriptures, we get a better picture of what Jesus really meant in these words. If we look also at John chapter 17, we see Jesus say this, And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I am coming to you, Holy Father. Keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. John 17, verse 11. And also, 
I do not pray for these only, but also for those who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory which you have given me I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one, I in them, you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. John 17 verses 20 to 23. These verses are telling us that Jesus was one with God the Father. And so too, we are one with each other and should become one with Jesus Christ. Now, if I use the same logic as used for Trinity, I could say that we who are in Jesus are also God. Jesus is saying above that those who follow him will be one with him just as he is one with the Father. So I could be so brash and foolish as to say we are God if I use the logic of Trinity. Taking this foolishness a step further, from these scriptures taken out of context, it would be easy to argue that perhaps there are really four faces of the one God. Since Trinity doctrine says that there is one God in three persons, then if we apply these scriptures that I've just mentioned, maybe it should be one God in four persons because we are one with Christ and therefore one with God. What foolishness! Let me ask you. Do you believe that you are a fourth face or person of God, which would make the Trinity a four-headed entity rather than three? I'm sure that you don't believe such a thing for a moment. But it is such foolishness as this that leads to belief in Trinity doctrine. Since you and I are one in Christ Jesus, but are not the same person or two faces of the same person, then how is this any different to the doctrine of Trinity? You and I are indeed one in Christ as we follow in his teachings, learning his ways and seeking to be perfected into the image of Jesus Christ. But we are most definitely separate beings and entities. Our aim is to be one in the spirit and in how we think, act and behave so that in any situation we would do what Christ did, just as Christ does what the Father would do. The Father and Jesus are completely one in mind and spirit but they are not the same entities. They are not two faces of the one God. Both the Father and the Son are God, but they are not the same beings. In the scripture quoted earlier, which I will re-quote again, we see this distinction clearly. For God has put all things in subjection under his feet. But when it says all things are put in subjection under him, it is plain that he is accepted who put all things under him. When all things are subjected to him, then the Son himself will also be subjected to him who put all things under him, that God may be everything to everyone. 1 Corinthians 15, 27 and 28. The Father is greater than the Son, and Jesus recognized this throughout his entire time on earth. Jesus never once considered himself equal to the Father, even though they were one in mind, spirit and outlook. There is a clear distinction here showing that Jesus and the Father are separate beings and that the Father is the greater of the two. This is consistent with all that Jesus had to say about his relationship to the Father. It is also how we should consider both Jesus and the Father. They are two separate beings, God the Father and his firstborn Son and only begotten Son, who is the Word and dwelt with man 
in the flesh as Jesus. Another scripture that shows the folly of Trinity doctrine is where Jesus speaks about the timing of the second coming. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. Matthew 24, verses 34 to 36. Verse 36 here shows us that no one, not even the angels or the Son of God, knows when the second coming will be. The only person who knows the day and hour of that event is the Father. Not the Son, not the Holy Spirit, not the angels, only the Father. If God is one, or one God in three persons, or there were three faces of the one God, as Trinity teaches, then how could two of those persons and faces not know the day and hour of Christ's second coming? Why wouldn't Christ himself know when he was to return if he is one-third of the one God of the Trinity? Of course he can't. Now, I'm going to finish up there for today, but next time I want to have a look at the Holy Spirit and how that fits into this whole process. So that's all I have for this week. I hope you found it interesting, and I hope you join me again next week as I continue looking at these aspects of the true church of God. All of the information I'm covering here is contained in a free ebook titled The True Church of God that can be downloaded from the freegiftfromgod.com website. So until next week, this is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast, signing off and hoping you have a blessed week ahead. God bless. 